All right, let's go ahead and jump into the message this morning. We're in week two of our Honor Roll series. We've been talking about this concept of honor. We've been talking about this concept uh, starting last week with some of these this ideas and, and trying to make sure that we're applying these things in our hearts and in our lives. We kind of looked at this idea of, of first, we kind of looked at kind of a biblical definition of honor. I want to do that again this week because sometimes, again, honor can be a little confusing in our culture. Sometimes we can kind of miss it, but we want to really understand our terms so that we can understand a best, the best way to really apply this to our lives. But the biblical definition that we're going to be using over the next several weeks of honor is to treat as valuable or weighty. And how that we honor someone is kind of how we look at them and say, man, you, you matter, you're valuable to me, you're weighty in my heart and in my life. But again, as we turn that coin over, in dishonor, it's to treat as common or ordinary. It's easy to do that. It's very easy for us to kind of forget to honor the people in our lives or honor God in our lives because in some ways it can kind of become common or ordinary. I know that I've seen this many, many, many times in, in many, many different places, in many, many different people's lives where someone will experience God. They'll, they'll have a, a, maybe a moment, especially as they're a little bit older sometimes, and in, in God has a, a saves them. There's a salvation moment, and man, they are excited. They are on fire. They're, they're, they're moving for the Lord. I mean, it's all these sort of things that become happening in their hearts and their lives. Why? Because in that moment, they have, they have put a lot of value in God because God has saved them. They knew where they were. They were lost and now they're found. They were dead and now they're alive. And so there's this excitement and there's this passion and there's this just desire to just to really have all these things kind of a part of their lives and the fear of the Lord and the love of the Lord and all these things. But here's what tends to happen in our hearts and our lives is God becomes somewhat common, especially when we've known him for a while. You know, and here's what's funny about that. That should be the opposite, shouldn't it? As we know God more, as we experience God more, as we see God's faithfulness, love, and his goodness more in our lives, God should become more valuable. But sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes in our lives, God becomes a little common, a little ordinary. We forget how much we've been saved from. I always think of a song that I heard when I was younger where there was a lyric in it where it said, no one is more thankful to be at the table than the one who most remembers hunger's pain. And sometimes spiritually we can forget that. And as we look at some of these things, we can remember that God always needs to be looked at with value and weight and not treated as common or ordinary because he is great and good and awesome. And also that leads into this verse that's kind of a, our text for this series. Again, it's found in 1 Samuel 2, 30, the second part. It says this, God is speaking here. He says, I will honor those who honor me. And I will despise those who think lightly of me. That's an important verse for us to remember. It's an important verse to remember as we grow in him and experience him because we desire to be a people that put all our trust, all our value, all our weight, if that makes sense, in him. In him. And that's very important. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time. God, as we kind of enter into this message... Father, I pray that you would just give us wisdom and direction. That God, you open our hearts to what you desire to do. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the thing. When you talk about honor, when you think about value, when you think about weight, we think about common or ordinary, 
it can be very difficult for many, many reasons. And one of the reasons I feel like it is so hard sometimes for us to do this is because we really live in a culture of dishonor. We live in a culture not of honor, not of value, but of common and trying to pull people down to a common place, a place where we say basically you're not better than me or, or I'm better than you. And it's just kind of this pulling down of, of situations. In some ways, like, like it's, it's very interesting because it's like we never really got out of the first grade, have we? Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. When it comes to how we handle dishonor and honor, we've just gotten a little more sophisticated with how we dishonor people. Okay, when we're in first grade, what do we do? Okay, now, now maybe you didn't do this, but I will speak for myself. I was probably a very dishonoring little kid, especially to other first graders. And so I would walk up and say, you're dumb. I didn't like you, pineapple head, or whatever weird type of thing we used to say. And that's what we would do. And so what would the other kid do? Most of the time, the other kid wouldn't cry. He'd, he'd come back with, yo, you're, you're this or that. You're that or that. They don't like you. And finally, it would get to the point where some, finally somebody would break, go to the teacher and say, well, he said this and he said that. No, you know what? We really haven't changed much as adults, have we? Sad to say, we've just gotten a little more sophisticated with how we do things. We hide behind computer screens. We hide behind people's backs. We say things and dishonor people in many, many different ways. And in some ways, we also do that with God. Now, what's silly about that is there's no such thing as doing it behind God's back. But yet we'll do it. You know, it happens a lot in the church with something like this. We'll be going through something difficult, a hard moment in our lives. We'll come to church. People will say, how, how are things going? What's going on? Oh, God just got this and God's so good. And I'm good and I'm great and all this sort of stuff. And then we'll go home. We'll close the door and go, God, where are you? God, how could you? God, why did you? So even in that, sometimes we can have these problems because we live in a culture of dishonor. We live in a place where it's so easy to tear down. And for some reason, it can be so hard to build up. And here's the deal. Like, I understand that's difficult. I understand that's hard. But a couple things about that. Number one, when we can be a people of honor instead of dishonor, there's going to be a big difference between light and darkness. You know, it's not a bad thing in some ways. Hear what I'm saying here. It's not great. But in some ways, the fact that our world is getting really, really dark is a great opportunity for us to be a really, really bright light. When it comes to honor and how we treat others, how we look at God and how we handle all these things, man, I think that we have a golden opportunity here to be a people that is so different from the world that we are in, to be so different from the culture that we are in. And instead of letting culture infiltrate us and infiltrate our churches and infiltrate our families, instead we can be a people that's, that fights back against that and says, no, we're not going to be that type of individuals. But here's the thing I've learned. Here's the thing we need to understand about that is it's something that starts a little closer to home than we realize. You see, what we're good at a lot of times is looking at other things and, and pointing the fingers and things like that. But here's just the truth. Here is what I have found in so many areas of, of my life and others. It's this, when we see dishonor in our communities, schools, workplaces, and churches, it means that there's dishonor in our homes. This morning, what we're going to be talking about is honor in our homes. It starts there. 
You want to have greater honor here in our church? It starts in your home. You want to have greater honor in your workplaces? It starts in your home. You want to affect our community with honor? It starts in our homes. Here's the reason why. Because it's hardest in our homes. You go, why would that be? Simple. Sometimes our homes can become common and ordinary. We tend to to wake up, hopefully, (laughs) next to the same person every morning. And it can be easy to miss those things. And I believe that God wants it to start in our homes. I believe he desires that to take place. And here's an interesting thing to understand about this, okay? How many of you have some type of protection plan for your house? Don't raise your hand, but just think about it. How many of you, I I would say, here's the deal, whether you realize it or not, you all do, okay? You all do. Most of you, even well, I don't have a home, I have an apartment, fine. You still have a protection plan for where you live. It can be lots of different things. Like, like most of us have, have homeowner's insurance, right? Something happens to the home, we have something to protect the things in the home and things like that. Some of us have, have uh, cameras and, and security systems set up. You know, you walk through the neighborhood. I don't know if you've done this. Like we'll be walking with our dog through the neighborhood, just minding our business on the sidewalk. And all of a sudden we'll hear this, uh, we see you, basically. Yeah, that's, that's weird, man. It's like we're walking around. It's like, it's like yeah, we, we see you. Yeah, don't, don't come rob our house. You know, it's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm with my family and my dog. I don't think we're robbing your house, you know, but they let you know, hey, you're on camera. There's, there's a neighbor in our, in, our, our, uh, in our neighborhood that has little signs on their yard, and it's because, I guess, too many dogs have taken care of business on their yard. There's a little sign that says, you're on camera, don't let your dog poop in our yard. But everybody has at least something. When you went to bed last night, I bet you you made sure the door was locked. We all have these things in our lives. We all have things to protect our home. And here's the thing. We're willing to spend money and time and effort to protect the stuff in the home. But are we willing to spend the time, the effort, and the energy to protect what really matters in the home? Because here's the thing I've learned about thieves. Thieves don't break into your house and find basically the old rags you have been using to wash your car and steal those. They don't break in and go, oh, uh, let's, go, let's go see where the broken VCR is from 1982 you know, that they kept for some reason. Let's go to the basement and steal that. Thieves come to steal the most valuable things. And when I look at our world and I look at the ultimate thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, I notice he is stealing the most valuable thing and he's going after our homes and our families. And we'll protect a big screen TV, we'll protect lumber that builds our house, if it burns down, but are we really making sure that we're doing all we can to protect what really matters in our homes? And it's something that is so important. It's something that we need to be aware of and focused in on. It's not something that just magically happens. But yet it's something that we choose 
to do. Look at Proverbs 22.6. Now listen, I know this verse is about parenting and we talk about it a lot. You hear it a lot. But this is also not just about parenting. This is really about a state of mind that we need to be in. But look what it says. Proverbs 22, verse number 6. It says, direct your children onto the right path and when they are older, they will not leave it. I know in other translations and things like that, it says, you know, uh, lead a child or teach a child in, in the way that it should go. I like this one that says direct because in my understanding, like I, my, I start to think about something here. You see, when I see the word direct, I think of a director, okay? Like, I don't know if you know this, but I was, when I was in high school, I was in plays and all those sort of things. And you know what we always had? We had a director. We had someone who was able to step back that wasn't in the scene and could see the whole picture. They could see and they would think about where the scene was going to go and what it was going to be and how it was going to flow and all these sort of things. And one of the things I believe that God has called us to be, and listen, I think this is about parents. I think it's about grandparents. I think it's about aunts and uncles. And I think it's about, listen, listen, if you go, well, I don't have any of those. Listen, there's this little boy right over here. There's a little boy across the way. There's little boys and girls in with Miss Helen right now. That God wants to use you to be a part of the direction in their lives. And I think one of the issues that I have seen that concerns me about our homes is that parents have stepped away from the director's role and have allowed children to be their own directors. You realize that is not God's plan for us. Our job is to be a director. Our job is to help them and see and say, listen, this is, this is, these are ways you need to walk. You need to go in these areas. You need to walk in these areas. In, this is very important. They need direction because they don't know where to go. They don't know the things to do. And when you look at our society and you look at some of the choices that we are allowing small children to make, we have looked at this verse and we said, no, I don't want to be the director. I don't want that role. And we've seen it over and over and over again, where small individuals who don't understand the entirety of the picture yet are making choices that are literally destroying their lives. And here's the deal. They think it's the right path. They think it's the right way to go. But they're not ready yet to understand those things. And here's what happens over and over and over. Proverbs 14, 12 happens over and over again. And it says this, there is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. They need that direction from us. They need that help from us because in their world, they're seeing a path that they think is right. But it leads to death. We need to understand that. We need to be ready to direct and lead those individuals. And here's the deal. Like as we look at these things, it's going to be real easy for us to go, boy, you know, I failed here. I'm not, I'm not doing a good job here. Listen, listen, all of us can do better. But we have to decide that no matter what the past has been, that we're going to start, we can start today. Okay? It's not too late. 
but it's it getting too late. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But also look at this. Look at Proverbs 3. In Proverbs 3, it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your understanding, on that way that you think that leads to life, that actually leads to destruction. And if you, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and guess what? He'll make your path straight. So whether you're an adult or leading children or you're that child, as we look to the Lord, he'll lead us. He'll show us those paths. He'll help us in these areas. You're not alone. I know because I was just talking about it earlier. Man, when you bring home that little life or you're kind of looking and they're growing up and you're going, oh my goodness, they're not a little kid anymore and you can get nervous and scared. How am I going to lead this kid? How am I going to be the director in the road that they're supposed to walk on? It starts by us trusting in the Lord first and allowing him to lead our lives so that we can also help them and lead them and their lives. Look at John 14. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. As adults, as parents, we have been shown what the path is. Its name is Jesus. That is the way. And when we lead our children in that, we can change the, the trajectory of their lives. But listen, if we step back and we do nothing, if we step back and don't do the directing, hear me here, we may think we're honoring them, but really what we're doing is dishonoring them. I know that can be counterintuitive at times. But here's what I've learned. I will direct what I care about. I will put value on those things that matter to me. And here's what I've learned. And I know that I'm just getting into this, okay? But listen, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. I got a little bit of understanding of this. They're going to be starting to be a lot more no's than yeses. Why? Because I honor my son. Because sometimes to be the director is to say no. And there's sometimes more love and honor in a no than there is in a yes. And we're going to continue. We'll get to that later on in this message, but it's important. But here's the question. Here's the question we all need to answer. Are you teaching honor or dishonor in your home? Okay, like it's easy to shout at the darkness. It's easy to look, oh, oh, look at our world and how dishonoring it is. Look, oh, look at look at that child and how they're acting and all that sort of stuff. You know, oh, I wish that parent would do this or do that. Hey, that, that listen, focus on your home. The question is simple. Are you teaching honor or dishonor in your home? Are you directing your home in a place to make it a place of honor or dishonor? Because here's the deal. I've learned this. We're teaching one or the other. And we need to be aware. And it's very important that we're aware for some reason that I'm going to say right now that I'm going to guarantee you is going to make some of you a little upset. Not upset necessarily at me, but upset with the situation. So here's what I want you to do. Most of you have phones or this little thing on your wrist. Okay? Whether you're, now, if you're using your phone for the Bible, that's great, but I want you to do me a favor. Most phones, at least all the Apple ones I know, I don't, I, I'm sure the Android ones do too, 
I want you to open it's going to work community working together here. I want you to open it up and go to your clock. Okay? Or if you have a wristwatch or an Apple Watch or whatever you have, I want you to look at it. Okay? Get it going. Yeah, come on. Everybody do it. This is important. And if you got like a second hand, that would be really good. Okay? Everybody got it? Look at it. I'm going to look at mine too. Make sure I'm not going to go over. Probably will. Just be ready for it. Why is this so important? Because time's going really quick. When we talk about honor in our home, whether you realize this or not, you have very limited of this. You have very limited. And, and we're going to not just talk today about honoring and children and things like that, but as children, you have a very limited amount of time to honor your parents. You see, there's, there's kind of that side where you're kind of, got, maybe you have children in your home and, and that's not going to last forever. But also, if you have parents that are older, they're not going to be here forever either. You have a limited amount of time to teach honor or teach dishonor. And sometimes it's important for us to look down at our watches or our phones and realize that that time is limited. It's limited. But the thing is, we have a choice to make. We have the opportunity to realize that we can be a people and homes of honor. I love this verse. You've heard it. It's a great verse, but Joshua 24, 15. Joshua 24, 15, he says, listen, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors uh, who serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in the land you are living, but as me and my household... We will serve the Lord. We get to choose and have the opportunity to choose that we are going to honor God. We are going to honor each other. We are going to have homes of honor. Homes that change and make a difference. So for the rest of this morning, I want to look at some real practical things, some practical ways that we can make our homes places of honor, knowing that, listen, we don't have a lot of time, knowing that the enemy is going to try to come and kill, steal, and destroy our families. What are some things that we can do to make our homes homes of honor? The first and the most important thing is we honor God first in our homes. We honor God first. Before, listen, before we honor our children, before we honor our spouse, we honor God. Because if we don't honor God first, we're not going to honor them in the way that we could. We have to understand that Matthew 6.33, we've heard it before, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We seek Him first. We look to Him first. We go after Him first. He is the one that we honor and value above everything else. God is first in our hearts, and our lives. And here's the thing, it's very easy to allow our hearts and our lives and our homes 
to not let that be the first thing. Maybe it becomes the third thing or the fourth thing, but it doesn't stay the first thing a lot of times. So we have to remember that and focus in on that. Listen, I have found an easy way to help you realize where you are and where God is in the pecking order of your home. And it's a simple question. What is the top priority of your house? What's the top priority? What is the most important thing? And here's how I would answer, or here's how I would help you to really get a truthful answer on this. Ask your kids. Ask your kids. You say, well, I don't, I don't have kids, or the kids are out of the house. Great. Ask your neighbors. Ask the people you work with. What do you think is the most important thing? Because here's the deal. Here's what I've learned about kids. They won't lie to you. You know, like we want to have, oh, yes, it's God. Oh, absolutely. Mm, yes. And then we ask our kids, and it says, actually, no, it's sports. No, it's actually, it's making money. No, it's actually, it's keeping up with the Joneses or whatever it might be. Like I have found that kids, they don't mess around. Like we kind of like to, oh, yes, God, God is the most important thing. But is he really? And here's the deal, if he isn't, we can get him reorganized. We can make some changes and some differences because it's very easy, unfortunately, to allow God to kind of become a little bit more on the common side. It can be easy to allow some other things to become a little bit more important. What's the top priority of your house? Number two, number two, honor our spouses in our homes. Honor our spouses in our homes. Look what 1 Peter says in 3, 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump to verse number 7. 1 Peter 3 says this, In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Now let's go ahead and jump to verse number 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Check it out. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. How are you honoring your spouse? Listen, one of the things that we talk about when we do premarital counseling with couples, and usually because of situations, it's usually this idea, hey, listen, when you have an issue with your spouse, do, you, do, do not go run to mom. <laughs> do not go run to mama. <laughs> Don't do that. You, 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 you're going to have issues. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have these things. But listen, when you run to somebody else and you start bad mouth, you, you, you this, this guy I'm living with, you guess my husband did this or he did that, man, it can cause issues. And here's the deal. You know what I found? Sometimes maybe it's not mom or dad that we run to to talk about our spouse. It can be our children. It can be our friends. You know, one of the things I remember talking to my wife about that just remember, I remember it just hurt her heart so much was there was times where she would be talking to 
Christian women. And for like 30 minutes, they just sit there and rip their husbands to shreds. And guys, we are no better. And listen, I'm not saying that our spouses are perfect. But we give honor not because it's deserved, but because we value our spouse. We love our spouse. That our spouse is weighty in our hearts and in our lives. I'm not saying you're going to have a perfect marriage. I'm not going to say that you're not going to argue. You are going to fight. You are going to have moments where you have to choose. Am I going to honor this individual or am I going to dishonor them? And guess what? They may do things, and let me rephrase that. They will do things that are dishonoring to you. And how will you respond? I love how, how first Peter or Peter talks about this idea of, of all the way back. Linda, can you jump back to the verse before this? First Peter, just a slide before. There you go. Listen to what it says here. I love this. It says, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. And then listen to what he says. Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, if people listen, listen to what he's saying here. This is big. And this, this works in other, the other way as well. He says, listen, if they refuse to obey the good news, basically, if you tell them about Jesus, they don't know God, and you, you, you come to them and you say, I want to tell you about God, they refuse to do that. He doesn't say nag. He doesn't say go on and on and on. He says, listen, the, the, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Some of us want to argue with the people in our lives that don't know God instead of allowing our lives and the way we treat them and the way we honor them to speak very loudly to them. And I love that Peter says that. He says, listen, you got that situation? Honor them. Honor them. Even when they don't deserve it, honor them. We honor our spouses in our homes. Number three, number three. Honor the marriage bed in our homes. Now listen to me. Hear me here. Sex is a gift from God. And in the proper context, which biblically is in the, in the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman, it is a beautiful, awesome gift. Our world has distorted it. Our world has twisted it into something that is not beautiful. But as God intended for it to be, it is amazing and it is a gift that God has given a husband and a wife. But unfortunately, we have not necessarily honored that. We have let our minds or things we've seen be a problem in our marriages. And I'm not going to, I don't, I'm, we're, we're all adults here. We get what I'm talking about, whether it be things on the internet or things we're reading or things we're seeing are things that we're allowing our hearts to, to connect with other people of the opposite sex that we should not be allowing. We have got to keep the marriage bed in our homes pure. Look at Hebrews 13.4. God deals with this. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. 
For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. You know why it's so important? Why God would take the time to express this to us? It's simple. Because what really this is about is about intimacy. Yes, sex is a, a obviously, it's a physical act, but it's also an emotional act. It's something that brings us closer together where two literally in so many ways become one. And it brings a married couple in an intimacy that nothing else can do in that way. But we have to understand the road to intimacy is paved with purity. You want more intimacy with your spouse? Bring more purity into your home and into your marriage bed and into your world with them. More purity. God desires this for you and me. God wants us to enjoy this gift because it brings us closer together. It binds us together as married folk. And we need to understand that. We need to under, allow that to be a part of our homes and a part of our world in our homes. Number four, honor the children in our homes. Honor the children in our homes. Now, here's the deal. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. How do we honor our children? Okay? We don't honor our children by buying them things. Now, do I like buying things for my son? I do. I enjoy, I like that. But that's not how I honor him. Here's one of the greatest ways that we honor our children. And it's found in Ephesians 6.4. Listen. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. One of the greatest ways we honor our children is when we give them discipline and instruction. Because we value them in that. I know I have told this story before. I'm going to tell it again because it's so important that we get this. There was a study done back in the 70s. And in this study, they took children and they basically grabbed a whole bunch of, basically, I think it was like six to eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, right around that age group. And they took them out to a park. And they had a jungle, I mean, this is back, you know, when like, you know, we had deadly things out in the, in the, in the playgrounds, you know, like, like a slide. <laughs> you know, like scary things. And they told the kids, Play. Have yourself a good old time. And man, those kids ran and they were playing and they had a great old time. But here's the thing you need to understand about this playground. It had a fence around it. And boy, they had a great time. And they had a good time. And they said, listen, will you come back tomorrow? They said, yeah. You play tomorrow? Yeah. So they left. They came back the next day. Everything was the same. There was one major difference. The fence was gone. You see, the day before, they're playing, they're having fun, they're running up to the fence, they're kind of climbing the fence, looking over, hey, mom and dad, having a great old time. Guess what? They took the fence away. Same kids, same equipment. And they all stayed real close together. They didn't really play. You have to understand this. God wired us this way. He wired us to need boundaries. Discipline and instruction. One, listen here, here, you've got to get this. 
Please get this. When you bring forth discipline and instruction to your child's life, you are honoring them. And there is another side of that coin. When you don't, you are actually dishonoring them. Why? Because you protect and guard what's valuable. When you, listen, listen, silly example. I do not let my child play in the street. Why? Because there are cars. How dare you? Don't you want to let your kid have the freedom to just play wherever they want? No, I don't. Because the world is dangerous. And because there's an enemy out there that is wanting to kill, steal, and destroy. And my child and your child and your grandchildren and your nieces and your nephews and whoever God has placed in your life are too valuable. I love what Ephesians 6.4 says in the Amplified Version. Listen here, because it really expounds on what this is saying. Listen, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And then this, in the little parentheses here, this is kind of a little expounding on it. Do not, or, 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 I can't say that word, it's fast. You know what it says there. You know what's funny is I looked at, over that this week and I'm like, I'm going to struggle with exasperate. Still think I said it wrong. Them to the point of resentment. Listen. With demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive. Nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them. Wow. But bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. You see, some of us think we're honoring our, honoring our children by removing the boundaries instead of understanding what Scripture tells us and allowing there to be healthy boundaries for them. Not, not trivial, not unreasonable, not humiliating, not abusive, not showing indifference or favoritism, but boundaries that show loving, tender kindness, but are still there to instruct them and discipline them in the ways of the Lord. Here's what I've learned about my own life. The way of the Lord is better than any way I could ever dream up for myself. I want our children to understand that and learn that and get that. And again, whether you have children at home or whether you just have children that run around here, God wants to use us. I've seen so many times individuals that are not my child. I can I'm just speak for my child. My child's father or mother show love. Say, hey, you did a good job here. Great. 
Those are things that God wants us to do to honor those children that are in our lives. The last one, number five, honor the mom and dad in our homes. Look at Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord and for this is the right thing to do. And then verse 2, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Now listen here. There's two different sections, if this makes sense, of this verse. We see the first idea of being children obeying your parents, okay? Children obeying your parents. One of the great ways that as we, as our children in our home, that we can honor mom and dad is by obeying them, okay? Not because they're always perfect, not because they always do the right thing or say the right thing, but because we belong to the Lord. Because we belong to the Lord. But then we get to verse 2. Honor your father and mother. Here's the thing you need to understand about verse 1 and verse 2. Verse 1 is speaking to children. Children, hopefully, have a time limit. Hopefully, when you are older, you are no longer a child. Verse 2 says, honor your father and mother. There's no age limit. You see, some of us think, well, once I'm out of the house, I'm done. That's not what Scripture is teaching us here. We are to honor our mom and our dad for as long as the mom and dad are around to honor. Not obey. We're not children anymore. But honor. Value. Weighty. And, and here's the deal. Sometimes that can be really, really hard. For some of us, it's hard because of what happens to our, our mom and dad as they get older and they age. And for others, maybe our mom and dad don't deserve honor. At least we don't see that they do. Here's the deal. The promise here is that things will go well with you. I want things in my life, I want things in your life to go well. And there is no buts in here that say, well, if your mom or dad did do this or did do this, you are exempt from this. And listen, I know right now that what I'm sharing is very hard for some of you to hear. For some, it's real easy. But here's what I would remind you of. God already knew what your parents would do that you thought would disqualify them from honor. And he still says to us, honor them. And here's the deal. We honor them because we want to honor God first. Even when they don't always deserve it even when they don't do things that are right, we honor them. And sometimes that's hard. But here's what I've learned. As I put God first and I honor Him first, 
all those other things he will help me with. Because I want to be a person of honor. And listen, I know there are times where that's really, really hard. I know there are times where our parents or our children or others have done some really, really hard, hurtful things. And in our own strength, in our own ability, we can't. And in those moments when we turn to the Father who loves us, He will help us on that journey. Because the bottom line is this, without your parents, you wouldn't be here. And if nothing else, we can honor them for that. In so many areas and so many times in my ministry, I've talked with people who have had really struggled with this idea and this concept. And one of the great things that I also found was how hard it was for people who, who maybe their parents are gone. Remember we talked about the clock. And they feel like, you know, I missed it. I missed it. Here, here's the thing. Do you realize that you can honor your family, your parents, even if they've already gone? Because honoring something is really about you choosing to do so. You choosing to say, you know what? They weren't perfect, but they did the best they could. I honor them for being the parent that they could be. I honor them for taking care of me in the best way they could. I honor them for providing at least something for my needs. I hope you still have time. But even if you run out, it's not over. So many of us have forgotten that our homes need to be places of honor and not dishonor. Our homes can literally be a refuge for us from a world that is saturated with dishonor. One of the things that Emily and I always have wanted to have in our home for her, for me, for Easton, is no matter how much dishonor we experience in our world, in our workplaces or at school, with others, that when we enter our home, it's a safe place. And it's safe because each person matters and is valuable to the others. I believe God wants that for your home. I believe God desires that for your home. And here's what's great. God wants it for you. God will help you in this. You have to be like Joshua. You have to choose what you're going to do. Are you going to allow your home to be a home of honor? Are you going to teach honor? 
or are you going to teach dishonor? Let's not bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's, let's pray together. Let's focus together. Father, we come to you right now. And Father, first and foremost, we thank you that no matter what we deal with, you're with us and help us, can help us. And God, for some of us, these are hard, really hard messages to hear because of things that have happened. Things that have taken place. And for some of us, it's hard because maybe, maybe our children are kind of already grown up. And maybe just now we're beginning to realize that we didn't direct them the way we should have. Father, that can be so hard. And although it is a different season, Father, I pray that you would open doors and opportunities where there can still be that direction from you. God, I pray that there would be moments, God, where if there's broken relationships that they're healed. God, that there are moments where a child would open up to a mom or a dad and allow that direction, no matter when the child is, older, younger, whenever, that there, there would just be that opportunity. God, I pray for divine appointments for that to take place. Father, I pray that, and I probably should have started here, God, that, that in our homes and our families, we would make you the first thing that you would be the priority in our hearts and in our lives and in our families. And that, Father, that if anybody would look at our homes and was asked that question, what matters the most in this home? The answer would be a resounding the Lord. He's first. Father, I pray, God, for marriages. God, I pray that there would be a culture of honor in our families with our marriages. I should have mentioned this before, but God, one of the great ways that we can honor our children is to love our spouse. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would help us in that. That, God, you'd bring purity in areas that maybe need it. And that, God, that we would look and find ways, as it says in your word, to literally outdo our spouses in giving honor. That we would value them more than anything besides you. That, God, that we would honor our children. That we would be the directors that you've called us to be. That we would lead them in the way which is you. And that we teach them and discipline them and help them as they grow in you. And that, Father, you would help us to honor our mom and dad. Whether they deserve it or not is not the issue here. You've commanded us to honor them, to care for them, to show value to them. Father, I pray that you would give us opportunities and ways to tangibly do that. They may not live, quote unquote, in our home, but they still affect our homes. 
and that, Father, you would help us to honor them. That our homes would be a sanctuary of honor. And that whoever would walk in would experience that. Because God, the bottom line is, the clock is ticking. We don't have all the time in the world. But God, we still have today. And so Father, I pray that no matter where we're at on this, because all of us probably have some areas that we need to do do better on and areas that we're doing pretty well on. So wherever we're at on this journey, God, it's help us first and foremost to have a peace to know it's not too late. It's not too late. But at the same time, an urgency to begin today to first and foremost honor you and to bring honor back into our homes and our families. Help us, Father. We know the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And we know the family's so valuable because that's one of the things he's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And God, I pray that our lives would understand the value of our homes. And with your help, with your help, Father, transform them into homes of honor, love, grace, mercy, kindness, patience, goodness, self-control. We need your help to do this but you've already offered to help. So help us, Lord. We love you and we thank you. You're so good and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Awesome. So listen, hope that you have a wonderful week. Please remember a couple things. Business meeting, March 3rd, sign up. Uh, obviously, we have a couple weeks, but if you know what you want to bring, sign up. And also, um, remember to be in prayer uh, for our new family members, uh, especially considering the excitement that comes from this time. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.